Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. Um, so with the, the big news today that the Cubs had lost Jared Young to the Cardinals. Wait, no, that's not it. Had the Drew Smiley exercised his option? No, that's not it. Oh, that's right. They fired David Ross and they hired Craig Council. And I was looking for a guest and Tom Loxus reached out to me to be on his podcast, the uh, Beers and Beat Writer podcast, even though I'm, I'm not a beer or a beat writer. Uh, but I've been on that podcast many times, and he's been on this one. So what we decided to do was we just both recorded it. So you can listen to it here on your favorite podcast feed, Appointments Exercise. You can go listen to it on Tom's, or just let's do it twice. So anyway, this is that conversation. This is Tom Loxus and me talking about the Cubs' new manager, Greg Council. Well, I mean, at least um, for the purpose of my pod, are you having a beer? I am. I, th- I found a fitting one, too. Oh. I'm having a... Supper Club Lager from Capital Brewery in Madison, Wisconsin. There you go. Just for our for our new boss. Yeah, I got a feeling was little Craig Wisconsin might come up. What yeah, I um, I'm actually uh, just kicking it old school with a uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It was um, I went to. Have you ever been to La Corolla in Chicago? Okay. Anyways, it's like a well-known like Italian little spot, and um, the uh, yeah, the owner used to come into Joe's all the time and invite me in, and I, I just could never, you know, get a chance to go. So I finally went sat, the other night to his wife and I's anniversary, and they weren't ready for us yet. And it's such a small place; they don't have like a bar that you can wait in. So he's like, "Go next door and have a drink." And when you're done, you can just bring it over. And it's this dive bar that apparently I, f- I just figured out is famous, but I had never been in there. It's called Richard's. It's like an old um, kind of like mob haunt. And uh, you go in there and it's like you got transported back into like the 60s, like for sure. And it's like people are smoking in there. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Apparently that's like a, that's a known thing that they're just like, Fuck it, we'll pay the fines. People are allowed to smoke in here, so maybe you went through was a like, portal. My wife was like, a, and you were, yeah, you were actually I, in I the swear 60s. to God, it was. I was waiting for like um, Tommy from Goodfellas to come in there and just like whack somebody. It was really, yeah. And all the beers were three dollars, which is that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So I got myself a Sierra Nevada. They didn't have too much on the list, but uh, that worked for me. So I was like, all right, I enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, we got to talk um, about uh, you know the news that everybody saw coming. Not a surprise. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, everybody's waiting. Finally, I've been finally just about it happened. <laughs> How shocked were you? Um, on a scale from one to ten, I was like a a billion. I yeah. I didn't think there was any chance. I didn't. Even, I hadn't even pondered the possibility. I give Jed a lot of credit. That's not only is it the right move, but nobody saw it coming. That's very rare no. these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty clear. I don't yep. think David Ross yep. saw it coming. Not a whisper. No. So what was this? They just said because I uh, I was in and out of the car during this whole news cycle. I didn't even see the teasing tweet about the mystery team and him going to a team that already had a manager. I just got the um, the report while I was in the car. Bernstein uh, broke it that um, you know that he was hired. Yeah, so I was. Like, Holy shit! I was having lunch and I I checked Twitter and all people were tweeting at me. Uh, you know, and then I couldn't figure out what they meant. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. They're like, boy, you must be. Anybody checked on you know Decipio? Is he okay? Is <clears throat> you know is he at Taco Bell celebrating? Which ironically, I actually was having lunch at Taco Bell. Because I live in Rockford, and that's the only place you can eat. Um, but yeah, then I saw, I guess it was Ken Rosenthal, I think, first reported that Council was going to manage, but it was not going to be the Brewers or the Mets. That was kind of the first hint. And there were people like, oh, it should be the Cubs. You know, nobody, you know, nobody thought it was actually going to happen. And then it did. And he almost yeah, doubled. Crazy. I was... Uh... He almost doubled the amount. The I don't even know who the highest paid manager was. It was four and a half million dollars, and now he's eight. Who was it before? I don't know. Um, 
Got to be somebody good, like Pedro Grafol. Yeah. Is it Bochi? That costs that much to get him out of retirement? I mean, I, he, he'd, he'd certainly be at the top of my guest list, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's it's crazy. I tweeted it out. I was actually thinking about this yesterday on, on, on my walk with my dog. I was thinking, like, yeah, Council's out there. And I just, you know, just got done watching the World Series and thinking about, like, what a difference maker, you know, Bochi is. And yeah. um, just thinking, like, Ross can't really be their point C guy, can he? You know, do they really like him that much? Or they're is just he even maybe point B? They're overlooking yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> somewhere between point A yeah, and point I, B I, still. I, I know you're, yeah. You're definitely, you know, we've talked about this many times on each each of each other's pods, but you know, I was more forgiving of his in-game blunders just because I did think that he was a good culture guy, and I thought that he had, um, you know, the respect of the clubhouse. So I was always kind of like, eh, whatever. But you know, with not only you know the collapse towards the end. But just some of the just some of the yeah the stubbornness, and just watching good managing in the playoffs, you know, especially with Bochi, I just kind of got jealous there for me. And I was thinking like, man, Council's out there, and if Theo was still around, I bet you they would put their chips in on yeah. that. And and lo and behold, Jed was working behind the scenes to get it done. So I guess I underestimated him. I was just hoping that I, I was hoping Council would go to Cleveland. Just to get him out of the mm. division in the league. I did not expect that he was mm-hmm. going to come to yeah. the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I never thought he, I thought it was going to be like everybody else did. I thought he would just end up jumping ship to the Mets or staying in Milwaukee. So, yeah. I guess apparently he did want to come here. And not only that, but the Cubs ponied up. And I don't know. Does that make you feel better about it, being that they, they made him the highest paid manager? Yeah. I mean, far? it's, it's, kind of rare right that they actually flex their muscles and you know mm-hmm. act like a big market team and then they did and it's for them you know the managers don't count against the competitive balance tax so mm-hmm. the precious <laughs> don't never go over the cbt they don't have to worry about that with him and i would you would think right that they told him they were going to spend money i mean why would he leave why would he leave the Brewers to come to the Cubs if they were going to operate like the Brewers? So, yeah, that's true. Uh, and at the same time, though, they did pay him well. So, I mean, I think that's yeah, you know, yeah to I their mean, credit. Um, yeah, I guess that would be the only fear, right? That they sold Tom on. Yeah, we'll pay him more, but he can win with a cheap roster. <laughs> He's done it before. Yeah. That's not what we're looking for, guys. I mean, I don't think that that's going to be the case, but I also don't know if I subscribe to everybody who jumped to the next conclusion that, you know, they're they're getting Otani or they're getting this all-star <laughs> team put together because because they got counsel. And it's like, I, I just don't see those connections yet. No. But I do think that they're going to try to um, get a couple of boppers on this team, and we could talk about that. I mean, do you think I mean, getting I, I, yeah. him makes them a more a more attractive free agent? destination I can't I can't see that I mean he certainly doesn't make them less attractive he's a good manager but I mean are there all these guys out there who are like you know what I want to play for it's Craig Council I just I don't I don't see it I think his value is in managing the guys you get him Mm -hmm. not in going out and actually yeah I mean I don't I don't well yeah remember when they hired Dusty everybody said oh he's going to be like the Pied Piper and well he did they got got Ramon Martinez and Lenny Harris and yeah. He brought all the guys in. Yeah, all the great but, ones. Yeah, that Tom never Goodwin. that that never happened. Yeah, but at the same time, like yeah, I, I also thought back then the same thing that Dusty was the best at getting the most out of out of his roster, and um, yeah, this is this is probably the third time as a Cub fan actually that I felt that they went out and got one of the top five managers in the game, no question about it. Okay, so that would be this you one know, at that time. I, Joe Madden, Madden, and mm-hmm. Dale Spain, and at the time, right? Dusty. Those were the three. <laughs> yeah, Preston Gomez, Tom Treblehorn. Oh, Treblehorn! Yeah, oh, the last time they got a they snagged somebody from the Brewers. Woo. Yeah, if Craig is uh, is standing in front of the firehouse two weeks into the season, uh, things have gone very bad. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know that he attracts any any free agents, but I definitely think it gives them credibility. And I just think it, you know, it says they're open for business. So, I uh, yeah, I don't know as far as the free agent market goes, how things are going to go. But I do think the first thing they're going to do is trade from the prospect depth and try to get either, you know, like a Soto or an Alonzo. What do you What do you think? What's your feeling on those? I mean, they should. I mean, maybe the thing that this makes me feel best about is this idea that there are these precious things that they can't part with. When, you know, they liked Ross, there's no doubt about it, but they're like, ooh, we get somebody better. Yeah. That sort of makes you optimistic when they look at their prospects, that they're like, yeah, he's good, but we can, get, we can use him to get somebody better. That's the idea. That's how a real franchise operates, and this is at least a sign that that's how the Cubs want to operate. Yeah. Like I said, I really thought that the days of this kind of move was gone with Theo. Like, I really didn't think Jed had it in him, and I, uh, I tipped my hat. It's that's, funny. Uh, that's Somebody compared this, the the fact that it was so quiet, and then it happened mm-hmm. to Joe. And I'm like, um, I remember they had to court him. Like, we knew they were going after Joe. This wasn't a secret. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I don't think the comparison is apt. Then that it was a very, very good manager is available, and people don't think you think you need one, and you decide you do, and you go get him. That's the same. That's the same part. But the idea that that was a secret, I mean, they were they had to go find him in his camper and drink beer with him on a beach somewhere in Florida, right? I mean, we knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, yeah, and I actually, man, yeah, doesn't really matter, but. I even tweeted that out back then that the that they were making that those overtures and there was no guarantee, but they definitely were interested. And people at that time were like, "No, no, that's not going to happen." And um, yeah, that's a that's a kind of move. I mean, and this one even feels more cold blooded because Ross is their guy. You know, yeah. he's always been connected to them in some way. And yeah, it, it had to really stung for them to do it this way because I I I never thought he'd be gone after that press conference for just some reason. You know, everybody was like, you know, listen to the Ricketts' comments and yeah, I mean that just goes to show you though some of that shit just can't be, you know, yeah. taken, it has to be taken with a grain of salt. So let's, yeah. hopefully we've all learned that lesson. So yeah, don't regurgitate those those quotes anymore. Well, and but, it's, um, it sounds I'm like... St- I'm still surprised. I'm still... It sounds like Jed really had to hustle on this because... If you wanted to talk to him before November 1st, you had to get permission from the Brewers. And the Cubs didn't do that. They waited until after November 1st, which means this all happened in five days. Mm-hmm. So I think this this surely caught the Brewers by surprise, too, which is fine with me. Um, so I don't know how long. It was almost like maybe the Cubs kind of sat back and went, you know, he's still out there. Like, teams have gotten permission, but he hasn't signed with anybody yet. Why not us? And then they just overwhelmed him with, you know. Uh, Mark Adonacio was apparently complaining tonight that Craig didn't come back to them to have to have them top the offer. It's like you guys offered him five and a half million dollars. If you had eight and a half to offer him, you should have offered it before. You know, he when when somebody blows your offer away, that guy doesn't have to come back and be like, "Can you top this?" It's not, you know, we're not we're not selling used cars, even though the the former owner of the Brewers, that's what he did. So I found that to be pretty funny. Yeah, and if I could see if it was maybe like a half a mil, then you'd go mm-hmm. back and be like, hey, you know, I'm not going to fuck you guys over for a half a mil, but yeah, that's that's quite a lot of money. And at the same time, yeah, I heard he was, <laughs> he said, are you are you screwing with me when he said that it's it's the Cubs? <laughs> so yeah, that's got to that's gotta sting a little bit. Yeah, Who had to drive down to tell Rossi? Sides. Was it Carter? Did yeah. Carter have to knock on the door this time because yeah. Jed had to do it for Rick? Yeah, so what is the story? They did it yesterday? I don't know. I don't. I I yeah, kind of feel like it must have just happened today, like this morning. Like they just called him <laughs> and said, uh, thanks for everything. We don't We don't need you anymore. Hey, guess what? You could be on the next season of Dancing with the Stars. Maybe they have like a Legends competition. You can get in that because you're free. 
Do we know I how much I they're paying him? Back in the broadcast. Is it like three and a half million dollars? That sounds about right. So I'm they're going to have to pay eleven and a half million dollars to managers next year. Yeah, Ross on the hook for I think just one more year. Yeah, with an option. So he's got some kind of buyout for twenty five. Mm, okay. Well, yeah. I mean that makes it uh, even more impressive that they did that because everybody would usually say, "Oh no, they're not going to pay somebody not to manage." Maybe the Brewers will hire him. <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs, are like, that's fine. We don't have to pay him. That no. would be. Uh, no, we're only paying him a dollar, Tom. Yeah. We get no. better and they get worse. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all if he managed in yeah, the That would be good. Yeah. Again, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, as as a as a player and as a guy who was you know a huge part of the, uh, you know, the 2016 thing, you know, more more so as a as also kind of like a coach on the field. I'll always remember you know that scene in the dugout when Ross and uh, Rizzo are talking and Rizzo saying, "Does it get better or does it get easier?" And he's like, "No, it's going to get a lot worse." Yeah. And it's just, yeah, that was, um, and the whole you know the whole him hitting home run in his last uh, game ever in one of the World Series that. Yeah, I'll always think of him in in that way. But yeah, as a manager, I was I was ready to move on. I will too. I'll always think of Game Seven and David Ross. I'll always think of how he hit the solo home run, which almost made up for the error, the wild pitch that scored two <laughs> runs. Only having a role to throw fastballs, so that he gave up a home run to Rajay Davis. I had such a warm, fuzzy feeling for that dolt. He was like, got me there. he was like minus five. I'm, try, I'm trying game. to be positive. Well, I'm positively happy that he's gone. <laughs> Can't wait for him to pop up on marquee. That'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, I think. What uh, a Greenberg roller a coaster of emotions for Boog. Yesterday, yeah. celebrating Ian Happ's gold glove, and then today, the depression hits when. His little buddy Dave Ross loses his job. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to quantify managers, but I don't know. If I was starting a team, he'd be my guy. I think I would pick him. Yeah, I think he's he's the best manager you could get. And, um, yeah. You know, maybe if. Maybe if Terry Francona was 15 years younger, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Or Bochy, right? Or Boch. Just watching him try to walk to the mound. <laughs> it was like, it was, Bruce, how long are you going to manage with those hips? Um, how old is Castle? 53, right? Yeah. He could be the Cub manager for the next 30 years. Yeah. Or the five. Something like that. It is funny though, Ross was, so he was there four years, right? Um, it's a pretty select number of managers who've made it five years with the Cubs. Um, Joe Madden did it. Uh, Dusty didn't do it. Leo DeRocher did. Um, Joe McCarthy probably did. And, oh, um, Charlie Grimm add them all together he was there forever and probably Frank Chance and that's it and Ross almost did it if this doesn't happen wow we got him like it doesn't him and Riggleman don't really belong on that list how long was Riggleman he was five years wow Dusty was four Lou was three and a half when he decided I gotta go take care of mom (laughs) (laughs) screw this (laughs) He looked. He brought out the lineup card one day and looked at it and went, oh, "I don't think Mom's feeling very good." Sorry, Jim. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> this is making this is making me sick to my stomach. Imagine what it's doing to my eighty-five-year-old mother. That was bizarre. It is funny though how now all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, I hope they can keep the coaches." <laughs> it's like I, I trust Craig Council to hire coaches. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Tommy Hadovy. It's like oh, the Brewers have had pretty good pitching, and I don't think Tommy Hadovy was their pitching coach. I think they'll survive if if he de- decides not to keep some of these guys. How'd you like to be John? Uh, is it Mal? I always want to call him Mally. It's Maley, right? 
Yeah, he just he just, <laughs> he just found out. He, hey, I'm back in the big leagues, and then the next day, when I was like, "Oh, I still have my condo in Des Moines." Well, that's probably good, John. You might need it. <laughs> Craig's like, "Yeah, slow down in that back job. <laughs> Hang tight there for a minute." Which one are you? Are you the one that fixed Jason Hayward before he ever played for the Cubs? Oh, you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe maybe Des Moines be good for you. Seems your speed. We need you back at the Hit Lab. <laughs> You're more valuable to us at the Hit Lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do yeah, you? Yeah, do? I was, I was going to say Riggleman. How do you feel about Riggleman? How, how? Where does he rank on your? <sighs> he, he seemed like a nice man. He wasn't bad. <laughs> I would say he was not he was not a bad man. He was fit. Yeah, I would say he was not an he was not he was probably an average big league manager, which for the Cubs was progress. Um yeah. you know, everybody remembers they had the 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 big run in obviously 98, that ridiculous season. They had the they would never die in 95 his first year. But he also, I believe, presided over two different stints where the Cubs lost um, what was it? like they lost like 40 of 50 games twice including the, the the thing we learned when remember this crap was that the not only did the 97 team start out 0-14 but the 96 team ended like 2-13 and so there's like a 30 game span there where they won 2 or 3 games wow and that happened to Jimmy that's impressive but he kept his job for a while. Yeah. But yeah, he was... Yeah. It's funny, the thing I was... Well, I was liked about Riggleman was he would get asked, uh, you know, in the, in the manager show the next day, about his decisions. He always had, a, he always had like, a thought-out reason for why he did what he did, even when it didn't work, which was most of the time. <laughs> I'm like, I, it kind of seems like he knows what he's doing, and he's just got a terrible team. And I, that's probably... That's probably the reality of what it was. He was the first Cub manager in a long time who actually got a job after he got fired by the Cubs. It had been decades yeah. since anybody had That's done that. That's true, yeah. Man. The Reds, well, right? Well, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think they do next now? What's your gut? Um... I don't think they're calling Marcus Stroman's agent anytime soon. Oh man, and yeah, talk about a great Cubs. Yeah, that was talk about a get out of jail free card. <laughs> Jed's like, yeah, I, well, maybe Jed was like, hey, Tom, we got twenty one extra million. Can we spend eight of it on <laughs> on Craig? At, no, I don't think anybody expected. It. I don't think the Cubs expected it. They're like, well, obviously he was so bad. He's not gonna. It's a you know, this is as bad a year as it is for free agent hitters. It's a really deep class of pitchers. So you would think if you're coming off an injury-plagued, unproductive second half, and you got 21 million guaranteed, you're just gonna you're just gonna try to get through next year healthy and then cash in. And yeah, you know, he decided I can do it. I mean, he'll probably get he'll probably get a three-year deal. So yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I, give him a two and a one. Yeah, you know, he's a smart guy, and he he likes to remind people of that. Um, he he, I'm sure could see the writing on the wall. The Cubs, while they were ta- apparently talking to Hendricks about, hey, you've got an option, but maybe we could do a two or three year deal. They were not having those talks with him. Um, so I think he's like, you know what? At my age, if I can get two or three years from somebody in the offseason instead of taking the one with the Cubs, and then I might as well do that. Um, I've also had a couple of people tell me that um, Cub players would not have been terribly disappointed by the news that Marcus wasn't coming back. No. That it's not like they don't it's not like they hate Marcus, but I think he gets I think people get tired of him. He's, yeah, a, he's lot. Got a shelf life. And exactly. they were kind of like, "Oh, because I think there were a lot of players who were looking forward to the fact he was going to opt out when he was pitching so well." Like, "Hey, this is fine. He's pitching well for us and maybe we'll win and then he's going to go somewhere else and then we won't have to deal with him anymore and then they kind of resigned themselves to, well, I guess we got one more year with him, and then he didn't. So mm-hmm. yeah. he can wow some other broadcast team with his tales of throwing his bullpen barefoot and 
pitching backwards in front of a mirror in the in his hotel room and all the crap that Marquis just ate up like it was this most you know just the smartest stuff they'd ever heard it's like that just seems all of it seems pointless well Marquis gonna stick around so you're still gonna have something to bitch about but at least yeah Ross Ross is definitely gonna take away some of your material well I'm fine with them going on about how great the manager is if he's actually doing a good job yeah, it was the that's the the the, th- the thing that irritates me about Marquis the most is just the, the trying to sell you about how great everything is when you're watching it. You're like, no, it's not. It's like just don't be just don't insult our intelligence and telling us what a great job Ross is doing when the lineup is screwed up. And well, that was the other thing that happened today. Was all of a sudden you're getting all the alibis. This is not fair to Ross. You know, people were blaming him for the lineup. He didn't make out the lineup. The front office did. And um, he didn't handle the pitching staff. Tommy Hadovy did. And then Sadiv threw out something today about how he got criticized for his in-game moves, but a lot of that was Andy Green. It's like, all right, so if he's not making out the lineup, and he's not running the pitching, and he's not making the in-game moves, what is he doing? Why do they need him? I just, I couldn't, I don't buy any of that, right? He's a manager. He was managing. And he just... He was just ugh, at it. Now, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good. And there's this idea that, you know, a good manager is worth two or three wins. I believe that. I don't believe that you bring in a, you change managers, and all of a sudden you're ten games better because of his brilliance. But I do think the bad manager is worth more than two losses. A bad yes, manager can exactly. screw up a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think Ross was neutral. I think he was more bad than he was average. And I think yes. it, it contributed to the fact that they missed the playoffs. And and maybe, you know, there was all this. I'm worried. I'm still a little worried that the Cubs are going to look at the Diamondbacks and be like, look how close we were. They only won one more game than us, and they went to the World Series. We must be close. And not learn the right lesson out. Because, number one, I don't think they're that. I, I think the Diamondbacks proved the last two weeks when they beat the crap out of the Cubs repeatedly, they were a lot better than the Cubs were. Um. I don't want them then to think, you know, if we just had if we just had, had a, a manager who could have won some of those games, we'd have been in the playoffs. So this'll this could be the difference. It's like this will help, absolutely, but you still have to find players. You need better players. You don't have good enough players. You'll have a very tough time. If you ran that same team out there again next year, you'd have a very tough time, even with a better manager, winning the same amount of games, not because they're gonna miss Ross but because they're not as good as a lot of the teams they play. and But they can fix that. They're the Cubs. They have resources. They have prospects to trade. They have money to spend. They can build on last year and get better, but they have to actually do it. And I, I still worry a little bit that they overrate how close they were because the team that narrowly beat them, even though it beat them six out of seven times, went to the World Series. Yeah, and I was actually going to ask you about that and... Um... I've got um, Sahadov coming on next week, and I was going to ask him, like, all year I kept on thinking there's still a lot of players away because you look at the Braves, you know, as kind of like the measuring stick, and they just seemed, you know, so loaded. And even though, or the Dodgers even, and even though those two teams got knocked out of the playoffs and then you see the Diamondbacks and the Rangers at the end, and you think, well, the Cubs aren't that far away from those teams. But yeah, in reality, they still they still were. But does it take? I mean, how many how many players do you think they really are away from being a real contender? I mean, it depends. I mean, it could obviously, be as little, it could yeah. How how impact right? How impactful they are? But I mean, it could be as little as like three players let's say maybe even four that could really make a huge difference you know now i'm not talking about otani we're just saying like i think if they got a couple of boppers another top of the rotation pitcher to replace stroman and another you know back you know back end of the bullpen guy yeah that's a huge swing right there Uh, to me the big the big question is they didn't have enough with cody last year so it's not enough to just Mm -hmm. re-sign him or replace him 
You need another right. hitter on top of it, at least one, because it's not good enough. Um, so that's, I guess, is where I'm a little concerned. Like, even if they're like, even if they have to hold their nose and pay him more than they want it, you can't stop there. You know, having Cody Bellinger back would be great, but you need Cody Bellinger and somebody else. You still need them to try to make the deal for Soto or to go get Pete Alonso. You need another bat. You know, they still don't hit very many home right. runs. It's amazing. They, they talk about it all the time that it's their, you know, oh, you know, you got to be, it's, it's tough to string a lot of hits together. You got to be a quick strike offense, and that's what we're looking for. And then they, they still don't have very many guys who can actually homer. So you're going to have to find somebody like that. Um, you know, you'd have to worry about as good as Justin Steele was. He blew past the most innings he'd ever pitched. Doesn't mean he's going to get hurt next year, but it, it, he might not be as effective again. So you need another guy of his caliber at the top of that rotation. So you've got, you can't just, you can't just go, well, we've got, you know, we've got him and we've got Kyle and we've got the great Jameson Tyon. And maybe we can just like, no, you need, you need to shop at the top of that, of the pitching market too. Even if you've got Ben Brown and Cade Horton and those guys coming because Mm -hmm. you need, Theo used to talk about it all the time. Five pitches, five starters is not enough. You need seven or eight because you're just you're gonna need them. Um, and they've got to do some of the back end of that bullpen. I mean, I I wonder how much yeah. of their dissatisfaction with Ross was how much he used the same three guys all the time in the bullpen, even in games that they should have been able to feel like they had in hand. But he was still gonna pitch. Merriweather and Fulmer and Adbert. And by the end of the season, you know, Adbert was hurt and Fulmer had caught Tommy John disease. And Merriweather wasn't as effective because his arm was hanging down to his knees. <laughs> um, so you've got to, it's, it's, it, you've got to do two things. You have to get more arms for the bag of that bullpen and then you have to get a manager. And I think they've got one now who can figure out there is a difference between a four-run lead and a one- or a two-run lead, especially in July. You know, the, you can only pitch these guys so much. You're going to have to trust other guys to get you there. But it's also up to Jed to, yeah. to find guys to eat those innings. Well, I would be an advocate of reuniting counsel with uh, Josh Ader. I think that just as much as uh, he was a turd for a <laughs> while there, I feel like that is the kind of guy that moves everybody you know, up a slot in that bullpen and just gives him a lot more flexibility. You could use either he or Adbert as your closer you know, based on how much you know he's, he's never been a guy that has to close every game, so that that makes you that makes it your bullpen dangerous. I'd be fine with that. You know, he can be if he's going to be a turd, he might as well be our turd. Yeah, yeah instead of somebody else's. And so apparently, he's apologized for a lot of the the shit that was out there before, and he's grown up a little bit, hopefully. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, you know, it's it's you, you gotta you gotta have a few on your team. Yeah, we had to we had to look the other way. Yeah, the year we won the World Series. And Hater ended up anything that bad. So, no. Um, yeah, so, yeah, my wish my wish list would be Soto and Hater. Although Soto's still, you know, it's, we're going to be right back in the same situation where all year long we're going to be talking about how Soto's going to be a free agent. So, we'll be right back into the, uh, into that cycle again. But I just feel like I'd rather trade for him, honestly, than to re-sign Cody as much as I loved Cody, I'd be more than happy to, to have him back, but I feel like if you were able to trade prospects for Soto and then put money into either a start a top of the rotation pitcher, hater, or even Chapman at third, it just gives you maybe more flexibility that way. So yeah. either I think they're gonna probably trade for a pitcher too, but yeah, I, th- I think they know that they need a top end of the rotation guy. Yeah. I don't know that I I don't know that I'd be that excited if they got Matt Chapman. 
I don't want anybody blocking Nick no. at third. No, no, um, but I do think he's a good buy low candidate, and I do feel like he makes yeah, but defense. I, I kind of feel like in this market, he somebody's going to pay him, and I want that to be the yeah. case. You know, there are guys I want them to pay. You know, his bat has really fallen off. His defense is not as good. He can still throw. He's an incredible arm. Um, hmm. But it's not, not defense this is not the Matt Chapman from it's like hard. even three years ago. And he's only going to get older. He's not going to get younger. And I would rather, if, if that was the, I would rather just, I think you can buy lower on Jamer. And I would just keep him and play him at his actual position. Oh, I'd be fine with that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. And he actually sounds like he wants to be here, so that might just work out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got no problem with that. Yeah, I mean, with Juan Soto, I mean, you're talking about, he's still like 24. It's, it's ridiculous oh, God, how young he is. He's, I mean, he's, they, they throw around generational hitter, but he really is one. Like, he's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you could get him instead of Cody and you thought you had a, a good chance of keeping him. I think it's a no-brainer you take him over Cody. What I wonder about Cody is, and obviously the reason you switch to Scott Boris is, you know, you let him do his thing. But I wonder how many teams are leery of how much of his turnaround can be sustained. Um, you know, from watching him every day, I think we, Cub fans feel like he was just good, right? Like that was this should he should be able to continue to do that from our uneducated look. And then Keith Law was talking about it, and he said the thing he, the, the reason he would buy Cody is there were tangible things Cody changed. Like you can see it. Sometimes a guy comes back and has a comeback year, and he didn't really change anything. And you just worry that, you know, he basically had got hot for a prolonged period of time, and what you're buying is the thing that really isn't improved. Cody changed his setup. He changed, you know, his shoulder was healthy. He was able to swing the way he wanted. And barring getting injured again, which could happen to anybody that you sign, he should still be pretty good. But I just wonder, I, I know there are teams that have to look, you know, his he was so bad. It's not like he was kind of bad in 21 and 22. He was terrible. He was almost unplayable. And, you know, you're looking at it like, well, you know, he's not going to get 10 years, but he's going to get seven, probably. Yeah. And you're looking at it like, how, what are the odds that this guy, who over the last, from 20 to 23, has been kind of bad, really bad, terrible, and then good, how confident are we that we're going to get seven good years out of that? Or even five? So his, you know, he might not, although it only takes one. I guess that's the argument, right? One team that's like, got to have him. We missed it on Shohei. We got all this money. We're just going to give it to Cody. Um, but I do feel like, I, I feel like there are people who think he's going to get like $30 million a year for eight years. He's not. Um, crazy Jim Bowden from The Athletic, he's really good at two things. He's really good at um, putting together like realistic trade packages for players in his little columns. Like you know, he tell you he was he's a weirdo, but he was a good GM when he was a GM. And he's really mm-hmm. good at forecasting what players are going to get in free agency. He has a good read of the market. He's got Cody at like six years, twenty-four million dollars a year. I mean, I would do that. The qualifying offer is twenty, so that's. If you think of the qualifying offer as a slightly above average major leaguer, 24 for a guy who could be really good is certainly an investment that I would that I would take. I think Boris, of course, is counting on it being more than 24. But there's no reason the Cubs shouldn't be in that ballpark. No, I, I think I think for some reason the number seven scares me. But five to six, I, I could swallow a lot easier. Like you were saying, you know, there's there's definitely some some more risk with him. But um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that Keith Law pointed out those things, so that it makes me feel a little bit better yeah. about it. But well, because there yeah, is the I'd, stuff. I'd almost rather. And we talked about it, like even like later in the season, 
he he started to hit the ball harder. But the early returns on his on being productive, he still wasn't hitting the ball very hard. And not all of that can just yeah. be hand-waved away with the he stopped taking a big stride with two strikes and just tried to put the ball in play, and that's going to bring your exit velocity down. That's true. But we knew from watching that wasn't all. You know, he, was, he wasn't really, like, ripping the ball. And then, ironically, after – it seemed like after he came back from the leg injury, I think he drove in, like, 75 runs in the last 80 games or something. And he did. He was making a lot more consistently hard contact. But even at that, if you want to be a pessimist, you look at that, it's like, well, that's half a year. So – I think the reason I think everybody, you know, we, we've got we've lived through this whole thing with like title inflation, where nobody's a general manager anymore. Now they're a president of baseball operations, so that they can be stolen away from other teams. You have to like recalibrate. Like I always call Jed the GM when apparently Carter is the GM, even though he doesn't do the GM stuff. I kind of think with free agent contracts, we're going to need to do that same kind of math and add a year or two onto them, because teams want to. Lower the AAV of the contract, mm-hmm. so they Good kind point. of agree to a total amount of money, and then the player gets a li- gets more to go a couple of extra years. But they don't get like if it's a five year, hundred fifty million dollar contract, and they're like, we really would like this to be seven, at like one eighty five, so that the AAV goes down, and they're like, that's eh, an extra thirty five million. Two years, I'll do it. I think I think with some of these deals, especially the big money ones, they're gonna. It's it's almost like hockey, where the you know the Blackhawks signed Marion Hosa for like 38 years. I think we're getting a little of that. We're gonna have to get a little of that in baseball. It certainly happened with the shortstops, other than Dansby last year. I mean, there's a reason the Trey Turner got 10 yeah. years. The Phillies don't expect him to play for them for 10 years, but then he only he only averaged like 30 million dollars a year instead of 36 or seven, like it would have been had they done a deal for the like the appropriate amount of years. So I think when you think, well, you, yeah, I'm not wild weird. about Cody getting seven, it might really yeah. be a five or, it might really be the equivalent of a five or six year deal. And But I may be talking on my ass no, and Boris may be like, no, I don't do those. Let the other agents Yeah, I mean, if that. it's pretty obvious, if it's pretty obvious that they're doing it just to lower the AAV, then it'll it'll be fine. But like you said, if it's if it's seven years across the board where you see the numbers, yeah, if it's seven to ten, the same, then yeah, they're not lowering yeah, the AAV. That's they're paying. They, right. They Boris insisted on two ten, and that's what they're getting. Yeah, isn't that the the knock on Jed though? Is that he doesn't want to do those ten year deals, like regardless of what no, he lo- he wants right to mitigate his risk and go as short as possible. And uh-huh. I, as a general theory, that's fine. Uh-huh. But there are, but if you really want to add some stars to your team, you're going to have to make exceptions. You know? Yeah, it's you give Ian right. half three years. That's you know, three years too long for me, but <laughs> that's not a huge commitment, right? You can do that. But you're not getting Cody for three. Back-to-back old glove, Ian Hamp. Yeah. With his minus two defensive runs saved. How? Somebody asked me today, they're like, what, what's going to happen the first time Council bats Hap third? I'm like, well, first of all, he's not going to. But even if he does, it's going to be fine. Because if he thinks it's smart, I'm okay with it. Ross, well, I mean, the difference I, I knew that would be if, if, if Hap, yeah. <laughs> the all-time major league leader in concussions. Amazing that he um, struggled in the dugout. <laughs> If Hap's batting third under council, it means he's hitting like a third hitter. That was the, to me, that was the problem with Ross just batting him third over and over again. It's like, he's not hitting like a three hitter. He doesn't deserve to be there, Rossi. Just because he wants to bat there, I don't give a shit. I still think, I think I've talked about this with you, I still think the reason they didn't lead him off is because he has to stare at those stupid dots in his helmet, and he doesn't have enough time to do it to lead off a game. Um, but getting back to his defense, it's funny to me that the same people who will tell you that Nick Madrigal is this, you know, plus defender at third because of his defensive runs saved, conveniently ignore the fact that Hap was negative this year in left field. You know how hard it is to be negative in left field? I mean, you're already graded on a curve out there. I was really hoping he would lose the gold glove to Eddie Rosario. Because Eddie Rosario, I looked it up, over the last month of the season, Brian Snicker routinely took Eddie out for defense because he has such a bad arm. 
he almost won the gold glove. It would be like Gary Matthews winning it in 1984 with, you know, Gary <laughs> Woods always coming in to play the eighth and the ninth because they were worried that, that Sarge couldn't catch a fly ball. That's how, that, that's the, that was the, like, co- competition that Hap had for this prestigious award was basically a, a part-time left fielder who can't throw. Congratulations. Gary Woods. See, now you're tugging at my heartstrings. Great mustache. Yeah. He'd have a he'd have an obvious shirt, right? Yes, he would. Somehow. Gary Woods did if you he get, could. Did you, did you get a something like that? Did you get a hold of a Tyson Bajent uh, shirt? Oh, I'm waiting for the Hall of Fame one. <laughs> the, the, the best thing about I was I don't know why. I was driving around. I just got done with a dental appointment and I was listening to um sports radio which I don't do as much as I used to and I just I couldn't stop myself from listening to it it was just so funny I just I just had heard a Tyson Bajent uh Drew Brees comparison and then the, the news broke on council and I was like thank god <laughs> I can't take this anymore I don't I don't listen to sports radio either but I have to you know today's the kind of day when you turn it on cuz you get the immediate yeah. now you know, Ad, now that the the first few hours have passed, now you can just go into, you know, you find podcasts like these. You don't need sports radio. But yeah. I listened to Spiegel's and Parkins for a while, and Spiegel is clearly, like, conflicted with this. Like, he really yeah, liked Ross. And he wasn't cool. It was funny. You could tell. He was, like, trying to have to talk himself into it. And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Speaks is yeah he's a, he's just a warm-hearted guy he feels bad about it because yeah from a human standpoint but he knows he knows that council's the right guy so I was thinking about um, this I'm Bernstein see- actually did have a funny line Bernstein oh. just said what he, one thing he said was that um, he's like a single single issue voter on this he said just just for the bunt situation alone <laughs> I'm all I'm all about council over Ross yeah um. So I was wondering. I was thinking about this. So see what you think. I think, you know, this has happened twice to Cub managers now. I think Ricky Renneria deserved to get let go less than Ross did. Hmm. Because Rick had taken over. He'd inherited, you know, the the mess from Dale. But it really wasn't Dale's mess because it was the Cubs were rebuilding and trying to lose. But those Cubs at the end of 2014, you really felt like they were starting to get something going, like they were putting something together. And uh, Ricky was getting a lot of credit for the way, you know, Dale was so rough on, like, Castro and Rizzo was going to want them demoted and all that stuff. And there was Ricky, they were all, mm-hmm. they were playing well, and you could kind of see the Cubs coming. Where with Ross, you're literally coming off the Cubs gagging away in effect, three playoff spots, right? Like, there was a time with, I guess they weren't that close to the Phillies, so maybe two playoff spots, where they were pretty close. They either should have been the second or the third wild card. They had two cracks at it and managed to screw them both up. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I I think Ricky had a bigger reason to be upset than Ross does, because Ricky had done a better job in his final season than Ross did in his. Yeah, you could say that. That makes point. Good point. I think. I mean, yeah. If anything, people can argue over Ross's whole, um, you know, stint with the Cubs that he never was really given, you know, a full-on contender. Um, yeah, but neither was Renteria. So, no. yeah, I think it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, Ross, you you can't argue <laughs> that there was some rough. You know, he he shows up and there's COVID. You know, that old season yeah. shot to hell. And actually, at the beginning of that, he did a really good job. They were 13-3. and three. That that start is what got them into the playoffs. Then in 21, they kind of they said they were going for it one last time, but they traded you before the season started, so they really weren't. And then 22 is a full-on rebuild. 23, they, they kind of are trying to contend, and they're but they're giving him Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer. And, um, but at the same time, he's the one who's, you know, going to prove it to us all by making Nick Madrigal a third baseman and 
playing him. And batting half third and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you got paid a lot of money to eat some shit over those years. So I can't feel that sorry for him. No, no, I don't. No. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I really don't think he's going to manage again right away. I think he'll go back in the broadcast booth and I think that's probably a good spot for him. But at the same time, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets the itch in a couple of years, but yeah, I think, I think you'll see him back on, uh, yeah. back in a broadcast booth next year. <clears throat> I like that check. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what teams think he did a good job and want to hire him because it'll be somebody. I mean, you see guys get second chances yeah. where you're like, holy shit, this guy? And he wasn't a disaster, oh, yeah. so somebody will hire him. It was, to me, it'll be interesting to see who who does it. Yeah. Hopefully the that Cardinals. Will, it'll happen. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear. They might hire Yachty to be a coach next year. If you're Oliver Marmel and they add Yachty to your staff, you might as well just pack your shit up. Yeah, that's... It's that's it's happening. Cool. It's you'd be lucky to make it a month. Yep. Yikes. Yep. All right. Well, I got a boogie soon. So. Yeah. Any more uh, thoughts? No, I think I've Perfect. dropped all of my pearls of wisdom. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Overall, though, just a great. Uh, it, it really felt like the Cubs were back. It like brought me back, just like shocked me back to like a different time. So I was like, hi, I remember this feeling. Them doing this I think kind it was, of shit. This I think good. it was Lawrence maybe who said, uh, you know, give the Ricketts all the shit you want, and I'm, I will give them lots. Mm-hmm. The Cubs do mm-hmm. seem like the team that goes for it the most of any of the teams in the city. They should go for it more. Oh, they have, yeah. I think they have a bigger advantage in their situation than anybody else. Um, but at least they occasionally rise up and go and act like big boys, and they sure did today. It was shocking and very impressive. Yeah, again, very impressed. I, uh, I owe Jed an apology for underestimating him, and um, yeah, hopefully it was a good offseason. I, I do feel that I don't, again, I don't, I don't think Council equals Otani or anything like that. But at the same time, I do expect Jed to make a couple of good trades. And I do feel like they'll, they'll be players in the free agent market. And I think that uh, they'll be contenders next year. Well, I mean, just alone because, yeah, yeah like you said, if, if, council's, if council's managing your team, you're not going to win. I mean, I'm sorry, you're not going to lose as many games on the margin like yes. Ross did. And you are going to win games on the margin. So there's that's pretty, you know, big difference there. Well, and if you're Jed and you get Shohei somehow, you're handing him over to somebody who will actually know how to use him instead exactly. of Ross. So that's good. All right, good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks. Many of us have herpes. This fitting has got to be done with one of the best games of all time. Just unbelievable. Got to congratulate the uh, the Dolan family.